Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I am Ali Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I, producer Maria. Wow, we have a lot of patrons today. Melissa, who are our new patrons? We have Sierra, Danielle. Darkness loves us. <laughs> Harry, Gia, Ashley, Laura, Bree, and Jacob. Welcome. Guys, welcome to the team. So exciting. All right. Today's episode has been one that we've had uh, planned for a while. We're finally going to do it. It's a real sticky situation. No. Allie, come on. no. <laughs> it is the maple syrup heist. Actually, surprisingly, the largest crimes in history. In 20, uh, 2012, 3,000 tons of maple syrup were stolen from what's called the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup in Quebec, Quebec. What am I saying? Quebec. 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 Like croissant. Quebec. 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 I'm just going to say Canada then for the sure. rest of the episode. Oh. All the uh, At the time, maple syrup was like $2,000 a barrel, which is 30 times the price of gas. Damn. Oh my God. I know. So like 
Canada is like the Saudi Arabia of of maple syrup. Like it's it's a huge expensive commodity. The total amount of maple syrup that was stolen was valued around 18 million dollars. Damn. So this is the same as like stealing like rubies or yeah. or art. It, I mean it's just as bad stealing stealing someone's maple syrup. To this day, it's the most expensive heist in Canadian history. What happened? Let's get into it. So Quebec, Quebec <laughs> takes maple syrup very seriously. Uh, it's like wine in France. Their flag is a maple leaf. Yeah. Um, and they keep uh, the global reserve of maple syrup. Crazy. Here's something I didn't know through my research. Like what we have in America is not maple syrup. What are you talking about? I mean, you can buy maple syrup. No, but Aunt Jemima and all that other stuff is not maple syrup. No, it's like made of like corn syrup. Oh. Yeah, it's just syrup. It doesn't even say maple on it. It's like oh, it pancake doesn't. syrup, waffle syrup. Yeah, it's not made of maple. Wow. I I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I don't even know if I've legitimately ever had maple syrup. Oh, I have. Being married to a Canadian and all. We, we get the real stuff. I'm sure you have. I'm sure. Like, real maple syrup is like $16 a jar. Dang. And when you go when you go to the market and you get a, a thing of Aunt Jemima, which, by the way, is super racist name. They changed the name. Did they? It's like $4. And it's right. because it's not really made of maple, all this. And it's not part of this federation. They call it the Pearl Milling Company. It says that on the bottle now? I believe so. Interesting. Here's why... This whole thing is so crazy. In 1966, a government-sanctioned organization decided to kind of run a monopoly on maple syrup. They're called the Federation, like I said, of just be fine, guys, with how I'm pronouncing Quebec. That's good. Quebec yeah. maple syrup. They fix maple syrup prices. They impose production quotas on producers so, for example, if you're an independent producer of maple syrup, like if you have your own what they call a sugar bush, and <laughs> Ew, <yeah>. Allie. <laughs> Allie, that's disgusting. If you like me, have a sugar bush, <laughs> and you um, are tapping maple syrup, the federation <laughs> no, will be Allie. like, you can only <laughs> make gross. you can only make this this much per year or something, um, and anything any surplus you have to give to us. They enforce other regulations and also. Everything that's sold, I think they they take a certain percentage of it. And these independent producers hate the Federation. They call them like the maple syrup cartel. They say they're a communist regime. They compare them to the mafia. They call them a regime of terror. Um, they're like these, all these independent producers are like, they're, they're stealing our money. They're telling us what to do. And we're just trying to get our farm on. This is crazy. So there's no free maple syrup market. And some farmers were so mad about the federation and what it was doing to the economy and, um, their, their business that they started to sell black market maple syrup. Damn. And that was called barrel rolling. <laughs> so like here we have like 
or not here, but like around <laughs> here, here at web crawlers, here, like around the world, there's like black market organ trades. In Canada, there's black market maple syrup. And it's like a really it's the underground most Canadian thing ever. Like the nicest. Black <laughs> I know market. it's so pure. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> Literally, no pun intended. Uh, there are uh, 13,500 maple syrup producers in Quebec, and each one has a fixed amount that they can produce each year. They get audited and they get checked on by the Federation. Dang. So they'll come to their farm and they'll test the quality of the syrup. They'll inspect it. They'll check out their trees and they'll make sure no nonsense or barrel rolling is going on. How, that's crazy. Even if you have these trees on your own land, you can't just like, yes. like selling the fruit off your trees. You can't just do that. It's all regulated. No. And it's also not an option. You have to join the Federation if you're in Quebec. You, yeah. There's no, you can't opt out of it. The Federation, oh yeah, it keeps $54 per barrel. Jeez. Um and they do that for advertising. And they're what two thousand dollars a barrel? Yeah. Like what is it? Patreon? Crazy. Oh, dang. <laughs> Shots fired. Wow. <laughs> I know. Damn. Um and they do this so that maple syrup prices don't go too high or too low. And also so that ca- Canada can be like the premier maple syrup empire. Because the reserve is for the world. Like right. all the surplus of maple syrup they send it, they ship it all around the world because, you know, pancake needs. <laughs> pancake needs. <laughs> because of all the pancake needs that people have. So these reserves that the Federation have are kept in warehouses in rural Quebec towns. And people own these warehouses. So someone might own a warehouse and the Federation is like, we're going to lease your warehouse to keep our barrels of excess. Right. And they're like, okay. So there's all these different, all these different little warehouses that hold the excess. Side tour, Maria, didn't you recently tap some maple oh, syrup? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So will you tell us about the experience? <laughs> yes, I will. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have told you beforehand no, that I was no, going to ask I'm this ready question. To go. I'm really sorry. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. <laughs> Um, so Craig and I, where we're staying, we've got some maple trees in the backyard. And so we thought, well, why not try? Are you in Canada? I can neither confirm nor deny. I'd say you're near. I'm near. Or maybe I'm in. So we've got some maple trees and we thought, well, let's tap. Let's tap the shit out of these. How do you tap it? How do you tap it? You tap it with the You knock on it. Like it's hello. You you knock on it. You say hello. Would you like Garcon? To, would you like to come out? Uh, no, on Amazon you can order just some some maple syrup taps. Basically, it's a little spout, and you just use a drill bit. You drill into the tree um, a couple inches in, and then you tap in the spout, just like a spout that you'd put on any sort of like container that you wanted to get liquid out of. And then there's you attach like a long tube so that. It goes down and then you just put like a gallon jug under the tube. So it's literally just like creating a hole in a spout so that this stuff can flow out. We did it a little too late because you're supposed to do it. You're the the prime time to tap is when it's 40 degrees during the day and below freezing at night. So we did it a little later where it was like maybe like 50 degrees during the day and then like 39, 40 during night. But basically... 
you need 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. Like, that's how much you need. Jesus. Because you have to, like, boil it down. So you have to boil it down. So we got two, we got about a gallon and a half of sap. Wow. Because we only tapped. But it was two, it, it, it's not a lot. And we, so then you have to start the boiling outside, which we didn't do because we didn't have enough. But because there's... It, yeah, you can't boil inside. You can't boil inside. Oh, because everything here. just like turns sticky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, yeah. it just like because so much steam comes out, it would literally like be like being in a sauna or whatever because everything like everything in your kitchen would start to peel because it would just be water everywhere so they say to start the boiling process outside on like just a fire and you boil and boil and because when you taste the sap there's nothing sweet about it really it literally tastes like just tree water that's all it tastes like oh and guys like if you go online you can watch guys that have collected uh, the sap and they're drinking it like coconut water they're like this is just fresh water that's been purified through yeah they it's called maple water and that's another byproduct that they sell is maple water craig tasted it i taste a little bit it it just tastes like a nutty water it just tastes like a really pure just nature water almond water like it's like a like it like it's a little crazy and and (laughs) yeah it's nutty it's nutty as hell it's a little nutty wacky It's wacky water that's what i sell it as wacky water you go outside and you boil it and it's literally like just boiling water for pasta basically you're just it's just for hours you just boil it then you'll start to then you want to bring it inside so then once it starts you'll see it start to get a little syrupy and then you want to really keep an eye on it because then now you're getting into like it's going to burn territory and it's going to it's going to although a watched pot never boils and that's true too and that's so what happened was because we had such a small amount when it boiled down, when it started to get syrupy, we were watching it with a thermometer. So once it gets to, I think it's 219 degrees Fahrenheit is when you need to stop, stop boiling it. Um, When we stopped, it was basically like honey. So it wasn't, it didn't have like the wateriness of syrup or something. Yeah. We did it. We did it for a little too long, but before you take it out, you have to, when you strain it. So like when it gets to, when, when most of the water's gone, then you want to strain it to get all the crystallized stuff out and all the dirt and everything. And then you put it back in the pot. So anyway, so yeah, so we got out of a gallon and a half, we got like two inches. uh, We got like a quarter cup of uh, did you taste it we tasted it i used it to make maple bacon so then i i oh nice some bacon in it and then i put it in the uh, oven and it was really it was like candy bacon whoa oh that sounds amazing wow so one might say that you have a sugar bush (laughs) that's i think you're onto something all right well thank you that was uh really illuminating crazy yeah Well, what's even crazier is that a bunch of angry farmers who were just sick of the Federation decided to Ocean's Eleven this bitch. Hell yeah. And steal a whole bunch of the maple syrup. Let's break this down. On August 24th, 2012. Imagine this. The Federation goes into one of their houses to uh, one of their warehouses to check on their maple syrup like they always do. They do these incremental, you know, checks to taste the maple syrup, make sure everything's going well. And they notice one of their during these routine uh, inspections, the barrels are empty. (gasps) Some of them are empty. 
some of them <gasps> are filled with water. No. That old trick. Yeah, it's like it's like in high school when you refill your parents' vodka with water yep. and suddenly they're like, mm, Allie, <laughs> think you have a problem. So <laughs> the Federation calls the cops and they're like, get everyone you have. The syrup has been stolen. And it's three police officers for all of Canada. No. <laughs> this is what's so crazy is hundreds and hundreds of police officers were on the scene because this is 18 million dollars worth of stuff yeah the royal mounties in their little red costumes (laughs) and u.s customs (laughs) u.s customs came to try to figure this out there's this vanity fair article which really well explains what happened and also um there's a netflix documentary called dirty money really good and one of the episodes is on the heist and it's great but there's this quote from the vanity fair article that says try to think up this scenario and it's impossible syrup is heavy and sticky how do you hide it what do you get to smuggle it? Where can you sell it? It's like stealing salt out of the sea. So they met with 223 witnesses and eventually they got to the bottom of the crime. Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. They reached the bottom of the barrel, the <laughs> sticky situation, and they figured out what happened. So this person, Avik Karan, owned the storage one of the storage facilities where the federation was storing their excess syrup and he was one of these farmers or one of these owners who was like i don't like what the federation is doing here's all this syrup that's like going to waste they're hoarding it they're gluttonous people should be making money out of this i want to do something about it and so a friend of his introduced him to this guy, Richard Valier. He was, um, <laughs> he was the candelabra in Beauty and the Beast. Hell yeah, he was. <laughs> just wow. Kidding. No, just kidding. Oh, I really so he was, I was like, he played Lumiere. That's so I dope. know, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was a barrel roller. So he was one of these guys who was on the black market um, syrup chain. Avik was like, Richard, I would like to try to smuggle out some of this maple syrup um, and make some money to it. Do you know anyone who might be interested in buying it? And there was this guy, Etienne St. Pierre, who was a maple syrup buyer, but he operated outside of Quebec. So he worked outside the Federation and he wasn't like subject to their laws. And he said, sure, I'll take this maple syrup. I don't know where it's coming from, though. Okay. So uh, (laughs) he was trying to stay out of it. And then there was this guy named Sebastian Jutras who drove the truck. And Sebastian's alibi was also like, I don't know where all this maple syrup's coming from, okay? So a bunch of them tried to stay (laughs) out of it. (laughs) Um, So this is from the National Post, and it's describing how they did this, how they got away with it. Because if you think about it, like a barrel of maple syrup, it's so heavy. And they're smuggling thousands of them over and over again through years. So it says, beginning in the summer of 2011, 
The thieves used a tractor trailer to load up barrels filled with syrup from the spring harvest. The barrels were transported to a sugar shack belonging to Raymond Valliere. Um, Raymond Valliere is the father of Richard Valliere. He owned this sugar shack where they were emptied and filled with lake water. And then they'd return them to the warehouse. When the lake froze over, the syrup transfer operation moved to the warehouse in Montreal. In the end, the thieves drained the barrels directly at the Federation warehouse. And they do that like in the middle of the night. So they couldn't be like assuming no one would see them. In total, around 10,000 barrels were surreptitiously, surreptitiously emptied, representing more than half of the reserve Dang. that the Federation maintained to keep prices stable. And it wasn't until August that the staff grew suspicious when they noticed that barrels were dirty, rusty, containers were tapped, some sounded em- uh, empty, etc. And I forgot to say this earlier, but I guess it's kind of funny, like, obviously, uh, barrels filled with maple syrup are heavy and i guess the inspector in august when he was doing the inspection tried to like climb up on a few barrels and he didn't know that some were empty and he almost fell off because like the barrel was empty and he couldn't balance on it yeah like a clown (laughs) like he just like fell off the barrel and he was like why is this barrel so light that must have been for him i know Traumatizing, climbing to the top of a bunch of barrels and the top one's just empty and he almost falls off. You know what I can relate that to is when you take like what you think is going to be Sprite, but it's water. You know, like you take a sip of what you think is Sprite and it's water and you kind of, it's it's so shocking. (laughs) That happens all the time to me. (laughs) Or you know what it feels like, you know, when you're in a dream and all of a sudden you like fall in your dream. Mm -hmm. That's probably exactly what it felt like Mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. Um, and then he realized, shit, even scarier, everything's stolen. It, the investigation led to 26 different arrests on theft, conspiracy, and fraud. Dang. And um, one, two, three, four, five people received sentences. First is Richard Valliere, the quote-unquote ringleader. He was sentenced in 2017 to eight years in prison Mm. and a $10 million Mm. fine and 14 years if he does not pay the fine. Richard claims that an unknown man who was disguised came up to him with a gun and said, you need to steal all these barrels. <laughs> and so that's why he did it. These people have like the worst alibis of all time. It's kind of funny. I don't know. I believe it. That happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That happens all the time. Every time I make a bad decision, it's because some unknown person with a gun just came up to me. Um, in America, that's actually plausible. Um, Raymond Valliere, the father of Richard, who owns this sugar bush shack, um, was just convicted of possession because the right. stuff, the merch was at his farm. Etienne St. Pierre, the guy who bought the syrup, he's the reseller. He was in New Brunswick. He was convicted. He told the jury, you can't prove what tree the syrup came from. Okay. <laughs> and then when he was found guilty of fraud and trafficking, he like flipped out in court. He got um in a tussle with like uh the bailiff and <laughs> he had to be dragged away. Like he got really upset. 
Um, also another really cute thing about this is like the Mounties are in their little red costumes. <laughs> and then in court in Canada, they have to wear like, I think it's like England, you know, like the I think they wigs. wear the wigs and stuff. I love those. Like this is so cute. All about maple syrup. And like, I think they wear little outfits because in the <laughs> Netflix documentary, okay, they don't wear wigs, but they have to wear these like black capes with little white, like bow tie things. <laughs> That's neat. Oh, and here's a picture of them from Christmas, and it looks like they're all dressed as Santa. So that's kind of cute. What? Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, videos a day early, ad-free episodes. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on our mailbag episodes. Also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. We love playing your voicemails. Uh, we are like backed up. We have so many voicemails. So please keep them coming and we will play them on our mailbag. Also, ha- we have we figured out the P.O. Box debacle yet? Don't send us anything right now. <laughs> well, oh God. So we got a letter from someone who has owned our P.O. Box for 30 years, and apparently they didn't pay for a month, and that makes the P.O. Box become available. I was on a waiting list. And so there's a letter in the mailbox that was like, please, could I have this this box back? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And so I emailed him, but I have not heard back. That was like a few days ago. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll keep you posted on what's going on with that. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, a Vic Carone, the one who owned the warehouse, was sentenced to five years in prison, a $1.2 million fine, and then Sebastian, the trucker, um, served eight months in prison. Okay. So the whole thing in this, the Federation still exists. People are upset because they say 
Drugs are decriminalized, but they have criminalized maple syrup. Mm. Crazy biggest heist in Canadian history, uh, $18 million. Thankfully, they got to uh, the bottom of it. They still have not found all the maple syrup, though. Oh. Um, so that's still missing. Was it sold off? Yeah. So they don't know, but I, ma- I imagine that they sold it off and made a profit. Dang. But this led me to question, like... Are there other food heists? And yes, there are other huge food heists that have happened. I love a food heist. Me too. I do every midnight. A little pantry heist. In 2014, 260 tons of chocolate disappeared from the Lint warehouse in Milan, Shut Italy. Up. Oh my God. Yeah. Two delivery guys were later arrested from uh, for the theft. Then the Munster cheese burglar. In 2013, a man from Illinois was charged with grand theft after he made off with 42,000 pounds of Munster cheese worth $200,000 from a Wisconsin facility. Whoa. Then another guy stole $65,000 worth of frozen chicken wings <laughs> in Atlanta in 2013, causing a shortage of wings for that year's Super Bowl. Oh, the wings, the wings were never found. No, they were eaten in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, they were eaten. Um, then once uh, in 2013, Thieves took $100,000 worth of hamburger meat in New Jersey. In cool. 2012, 140,000 pounds of walnuts were taken from a Northern California farm, which were worth $300,000. What? Oh, and then here's another Canadian crime. Um, in Ontario, Canada, 40,000 pounds of beef were stolen. Beef still not found. Um, <laughs> neither are the robbers. Um, and then soup in Florida in 2013, there was a 30 mile highway chase because a man took $75,000 worth of Campbell's soup cans. Wow. I know. Um, and then there, there's the, oh, here's, here's my favorite one. A, Nut- a Nutella crime. Ooh. In 2013, thieves in Germany uh, took $20,000 worth of Nutella. That's uh, 50,000 jars oh my God. of the spread. And they got away with it. They, they, they have it. They took it. They probably sold it or ate it. So food crimes actually more lucrative than you think. <laughs> probably... Way easier to sell than stealing a painting or anything like that. Yeah, true. Yeah, so to this day, this is the one of the biggest crimes I think that has ever happened. And they were at one time, I, I found out when reading this Vanity Fair article, that it was one time going to be made into a movie starring my brother. Um, <laughs> but I guess... <laughs> Does he know about I that? guess since... He did. He, he, I texted it to him and he said, oh, that must be a really old article. I think they're no longer planning on making the movie, I guess. Um, they should. Yeah, this is yeah a they should. Story. Yeah, pretty crazy. I have a Canadian here waiting to, if you we want to talk to a Canadian. Yeah. I can go Let's grab bring him real in. quick. Well, there she goes. She went sliding out of the room. 
Hey, Martin. How's it going? Hello, Maria. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for asking. How are you all? (laughs) We're doing fantastic. We just did an episode or we're doing an episode on the maple syrup heist. Sure. One of the biggest crimes in all of Canada. I mean... The biggest crime is letting this guy come to America. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Hey. Oh, man. Uh, or it's actually probably giving you citizenship. Don't you have citizenship hey, now, no, Melissa? Hey, wait, come on now. <laughs> you know, this is, I thought I, this, I'm a guest. I'm a guest for the podcast. <laughs> Um, my first question is, how do you pronounce Quebec? Yeah, you did. You did it. It's it's Quebec. I did. Yeah, Quebec. Yeah. I mean, in England, I mean they they would pronounce it differently. I'm not going to even. I won't do the French Canadian pronunciation because they'll. I'll probably get it wrong. But yeah, Quebec. Because Melissa and Maria told me I was pronouncing it wrong. How did they pronounce it? Quebec. I mean, sure. Look, you can do that, but I like. I think, I'm fine, right? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. Okay. I just want to get a Canadian. You don't want to get into like Quebec. Like you get into that, and that's <laughs> you're wrong. That's too much. Yeah. Okay. Um, were you in Canada at the time of this event? Well, this is becoming an investigation. This is Allie trying to see the connection to it. Yeah. Where were you? I feel like I'm in the hot seat here, all like immediately about my citizenship, worried about where now it's like, where were you? You know? Allie, I was not involved. I was not involved in this heist. Is that is that Do you know how to tap maple syrup? Yes, I do. Yes, I well, sure. Maria, just have some. Were you were you in Canada around this time, or like, do you remember it being a big no, deal? No, I, I had moved to to the United States uh, prior to that. So, no, I I what when in two thousand and twelve was it? Do you remember? August twenty fourth, twenty twelve. I was in L A. But I'm pretty sure I was. They in were LA. smuggling it from twenty eleven. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to check uh, check that out. But sure, um, we are trying no, to get to the I bottom of it. I honestly don't remember it being a thing until uh, I watched it on like whatever that dirty money thing, and I was like, oh neat. But I had left can like I was not in. Can- I was not watching the Canadian news as much as I should as a you know Canadian yeah. to keep up. It wasn't. I don't believe it was the like seismic event that the documentary makes it out to be. But again, I wasn't living there. Like it was a big deal. Oh, all right. Well, so don't listen to this podcast because it's actually not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> Am I, well, I have a question. I, I have a question. So the, we're learning about how there is like this whole that that the maple syrup industry is like a crazy industry. Yeah. Growing up in Canada, is it known that this is like? You know, there's this hierarchy in the maple syrup industry and people don't have the freedom to kind of own their own maple syrup completely. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) 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 look, this might come as a surprise to you. And I and and I am sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry if it does. Not all Canadians spend a, an enormous amount of time just like drilling down into the, like the nitty gritty of the maple syrup industry. It's not a it's not a Sunday dinner conversation about like who controls big maple. You know, like it's not. <laughs> it's, I did ask you, know, you that we question. Have, it's as a rich country filled with uh, dynamic people doing dynamic things, <laughs> a variety of interests and stuff. You know, like. 
we and I, you know, this is probably this is it's a, maybe a systemic thing, but I did not question where my maple syrup came from. I just it was, you know, we bought it from local purveyors in Ontario, you know, and uh, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, Ontario's outside the Federation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Quebec is only a province. There there are 10 provinces and several territories in Canada. And so how it works in Quebec for Quebec maple syrup isn't necessarily how it would work in Ontario where, where I lived. Much like state to state, there are different okay, rules. Okay, so they're playing by the rules. What is Canada? <laughs> what is Canada? Canada's a country. <laughs> it's your neighbor to the north. It's the second biggest country in the world as far as land mass. <laughs> goes you know crazy uh we have a population of about you know 35 36 million i think which is not a lot do you notice the different the different how maple syrup tastes down here compared to up there oh yeah really no (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be cut right (laughs) i'm not gonna (laughs) is this a disappointment no i mean like i mean i like it I, i mean like maple syrup was a big deal but it was like a big deal like if you grew up in vermont too like it's just like whatever your local thing is you know like i remember they would take us out to mcskimming's farm you know we lived in ottawa and there was mcskimming's farm which is an educational farm and they would let you go tap a tree and then you you would you know and then collect a barrel and then you could you would help you know what do they do steam it or boil it or whatever and then uh, you know you roll it in the snow and you make like little weird pops have you ever done that oh, you like that's fun you you go out front and then you you just put maple syrup in the snow and then you take a popsicle stick and you roll it up because it starts to kind of chill and then you roll it up and then they did that on little in the little house on the prairie books there you go and I swear to God I have wanted to do that my entire yeah, life you don't have to swear we probably we believe you it's not a- <laughs> <laughs> i was not in canada in 2012 when you said that i was like have i done that before why is that such a vivid memory and then i remembered they do that on the little house of the prairie books yeah. and i wanted to do that my entire life i remember my wow my, my i think i was in grade four and we went to McSkimming's farm. It was a thing like every kid did every year. You know, like your school would take turns going to yeah. they had eggs and stuff. And my parents gave me money to buy a bottle of maple syrup up there because <laughs> it was it was great maple syrup. And I and someone dared me to just drink it on the on the bus ride home. <laughs> Martin, <laughs> oh no, God. what happened? I I mean, you know, I drank it. I drank half of I drank half of a bottle of maple syrup. It was great because it was fresh. It was like a little. Yeah, a smoother on the finish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this this won't. Well, be <laughs> this has been illuminating. Um, <laughs> Martin, uh, if people want to follow you online or anything like that, or ask you any maple syrup questions, sure, they can yeah, watch or- Kung Fu on the the CW. It's a great show, and um, awesome. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I'm sorry to have been probably a <laughs> <Sorry>. great disappointment. <laughs> No, this at least is, I got it was a story great having a Canadian. <laughs> I apologize that my Canadianness wasn't enough, and that I don't know enough about the maple syrup. Heist <laughs> no, this is of no, this is perfect. And, uh, of which I was not in Canada for. Okay, thanks everybody. Great Thank seeing you, y'all. Martin. Thank you. Hard hitting investigative ju- investigative yeah. journalism. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to have a guest. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
professional Canadian. <laughs> yeah, professional Canadian, full-time Canadian. Wow. All right. Well, Melissa, if people want to reach us, where can they do so? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We got a Patreon, too. Everything's in the show notes. Yes, please. Yes, and please. once we get... um. Once we figure out our new P.O. box, please, if you're from Canada, send us some maple syrup. We would love to, as long as it's like packaged and don't send us like from your trees because that's illegal that we might get weird about poison. And who knows? We don't want to end up in the slammer. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I am Allie Sugarbush Siegel. I'm Melissa Sugar Shack Stetton. <laughs> and I'm Maria Barrel Tap Lasucci. Ah, yeah, I like it. Nailed it. Bye. Bye. An Elio's original. Powered by ACAST. 